there is a spiritual force at work that we cannot see that is available to us if we learn how to tap into that, that can heal us. Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hey everybody, I'm so excited about today's guest. So I have a little bit of background uh, to tell you and just to make sure that I get all of his accolades correct. I'm going to read you his bio because it's so good. Ryan Blair is a number one New York Times bestselling author and serial entrepreneur. Blair wrote his first book, Nothing to Lose and Everything to Gain, in 2011 and became a number one New York Times bestseller. And in 2016, that's the year that I met him, he released his second book, Rock Bottom to Rockstar. He is such an incredible incredible human being. He's been through so much. I met him actually at the Summit of Greatness back in, yeah, 2016. He was one of the keynote speakers and he just spoke directly to my inner troubled youth, (laughs) 15-year-old self, because he has gone through the same type of uh, background. You know, I mean, he's gone through the same obstacles. And I always love hearing people's adversity stories. And, you know, Ryan is really somebody who started from nothing and built this like multi-million dollar, like close to a billion dollar company. And um, he has in the last couple of years gone through this spiritual awakening. And I've obviously been following his journey since then. And to see his his growth and his ability to be so vulnerable and honest about his journey has been continuously inspiring for me. And as I said, I've I've known him for many years now, and we've been talking about having him on the show, and we finally were able to make it happen. This conversation is one that I will hold near and dear to my heart. Ryan goes into what it took for him to get to this place of spiritual inquiry. He talks about the loss of his mom. He talks about his new venture, Altar Call. He talks about the miracles of having a spiritual practice and the obstacles that we encounter when we do this type of work. So it's an incredible conversation. I am so grateful for him and grateful for the work that he's doing out in the world. Truly, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Without further ado, here is Ryan Blair. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Radically Loved Podcast. As you heard, I have a very special guest with us today. Ryan Blair is here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Rosie. I appreciate the invite. Enter clap track. I'm like, we have to make sure we get the clap track in here. You know what I mean? Lots of applause. (laughs) Lots of applause. Uh, Namaste. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think so. I I did discuss that we met like five years ago, six years ago. How long has that been? That was 2016? Yeah, it was was 20, October 2016. Okay. Yeah. So... Six years ago. Six years. I, I recall because my book was Rock Bomb Rockstar. I was right about to drop and I stopped by the Lewis Howes event and we yeah. there and we're both from LA. And so it's mm-hmm. you know, kind of a small world. Yeah. And I loved, you know, I loved listening to your story. And, and out of all the speakers there, you know, not to slag on anybody that was there, but Obviously, for me, having the LA connection to you, it spoke directly to me, you know, your resilience and your ability to just really focus on what you want and and set your mind to discovering a new new pathway, a new way of being, and your career, your business. I mean, you really are a rock star entrepreneur that started with nothing and created this incredible business. And you've learned some 
lessons along the way. Oh, yeah. I've listened to so many interviews that you've done. And while I was preparing for this, I was thinking, like, what haven't I heard Ryan talk about? Like, I want to ask him about his own personal practice, like his journey to cultivating that resilience. You know, when I think of the level of dedication and acuity that Olympic athletes need in order to succeed. And I think about it in terms of our own self-development. I think about you and I'm like, how did Ryan get from that place and continuously pulling himself out of these difficult situations? Like, what is that process like for you? And, and where does that come from? Where does it come from? And and my spiritual beliefs is that I have some resilience that is a bit innate, that it is part of my soul and my soul's journey. Even as a child, when I reflect, there were times where, you know, I was a toddler and I got bullied by my older brothers and sisters and I would fight back. And I always had a different kind of thing going on in terms of this energy that I brought to life. That got me in trouble a lot as well. And you know, I've broken bones, I've been in fights, I've been in jail, I've I've been through all kinds of difficult situations because I had to figure out how to channel that energy for good versus, you know, having it uh, channeled unproductively. When you reference an Olympic athlete, I do approach entrepreneurship with the same type of intensity. I see the work that we do, you know, as, as either practice or it's, you know, it's the game that we're playing in. And I really try to refine and hone my skills and dedicate, I've dedicated a ton of time to understanding entrepreneurship and learning entrepreneurship and reading books on the subject and learning from great entrepreneurs. And so I I did approach it. I, I wasn't going to be a professional athlete because of the environment that I was raised in and the fact that I was kicked out of school and went to continuation high school. And so I approached entrepreneurship the same way a professional athlete would approach, you know, becoming great as a professional athlete. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I, I'm attracted to that type of intensity, that type of mental focus, because I aspire to that, right? That's, that energy to me is, is what keeps the world moving. But I'm curious for you, because you're, you're on a different path now. Like there's something else that's, that's drawing your attention. I'm curious if you could tell our audience a little bit more of being in a world of the entrepreneurial multi-million dollar businesses and being in that very masculine space of go, go, go and integrating that into what you're doing now, what you're passionate about today, what's changed now, where is your energy filtering its focus on now? When I was an entrepreneur, I I still am, I guess. But when I was a younger entrepreneur, I was driven by the outside external accomplishments, much like an athlete is trained to be driven by the, the championships, the trophies, the MVP awards, those types of things. And in the sport of entrepreneurship, we have the very, you know, similar things and it's highly competitive sport, except for as opposed to having a thousand players and 20 teams, we've got, you know, millions of players and, a million teams out there competing in the marketplace. So it's a highly competitive environment. When I went through an awakening and and that was when my mother transitioned four years ago, I looked at myself and I realized that I would have given up so many of the accolades and awards and paydays and materialistic things to have been a better son to her and to have had more time with her. I was self-medicating. I was totally trying to be fulfilled by the external world and that basically stopped working. I'm not upset with that strategy because it was a strategy that worked for a period of time. Like all strategies, they work until they stop working and then you got to find a new strategy, right? So the external strategy worked to teach me about the, the external world and to understand money and understand how to build things and, and leverage that energy. And then it quit working. And so I had to go internal. I went inside and I dedicated my life two years. I, I walked away from business for two years. I resigned from boards and walked away from investments. And I went deep into the practice of meditation and breath work and prayer and nature and, 
you know, anything that I could find that was an internal practice because there was something inside of me. And as I went on that healing journey, I started to surface a lot of dark and mm. I got to see, you know, in the mirror, a dark reflection that I wasn't proud of and happy about. And so I just changed the sport from external gratification to that of internal gratification and basically said to myself, if it takes me 18 hours a day of meditation and breath work and prayer and nature to get to a place where I'm unburdened of the darkness of the sins, because I committed plenty of them. I was a gang member and I was a rock star living a decadent life. And by sins, I mean just things that weren't right for my soul that I had done, not that I condemn sins in the biblical sense, but like sins and stuff that I was like, I, I had shame around. I had grief around. I had uh, regret around and guilt around. And so when I basically said, if, if I could get all of this stuff out of my system and heal, then maybe I could be of service and, and help heal others. And so I changed the sport to the inward game and got really intense with that and did that for two years straight and then decided to, start helping others and build a company dedicated to learning the modalities and practices that I've, I've learned along the way. But to answer your question around, you know, the path, I've always been on the same path. When I look back at everything, it was all the same path. I was just choosing the route with the most friction and the most suffering. Mm. I was spiritual. I did have a spiritual calling. I was introduced to meditation, but I said no to it. Friends would invite me to do this and do that, and I would reject it. So I was on the right path. I just wasn't you know, tuned in to how to actually do it with le the least amount of friction and suffering. And now I've just tuned into a path with much less friction and suffering. Yeah, that to me is always, it's our lessons, right? Like that is where our work lies, especially in, in the world of healing or, or self-improvement or spirituality, those that shadow work is always ever present. And it really is, I mean, it's going to be there until you, you face it. And that's where, for me, I get excited when I hear, especially somebody like you, right? Somebody that I, I look up to, somebody that I've seen do all of the things. It's like, okay, now you're essentially on this path having to face these, I love that you call them like sins, right? Because I'm a recovering Catholic. So it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that makes sense to me to be able to see, okay, these are the areas in my life where there's a little bit of a shadow side that I don't necessarily want to look at at the moment. And I'm, I'm curious for you, I mean, two years is a very long time of dedicated practice to be able to bring all this you know, all this shadow work up to the surface. So I'm curious as somebody, I mean, you have to still be functioning in everyday life, right? I mean, you can't just, right? Well, I didn't. I, I was blessed that, you know, that I had, and, you know, I, I don't recommend the exact journey for that I went on for everyone. I was blessed that I had enough money saved up, a beautiful home environment in the Hollywood Hills, connected to nature and hiking trails and, a person to help with my food and stuff like that. And so I could just, all I did was try to go deep into removing any, and I, I really call it mud. We each have a vessel. There's light in the vessel and there's mud in the vessel. And I was just looking for mud and I looked for it all day long and I still continue to look for it. And I still find it because as we continue to elevate our level of awareness and consciousness, we then can go back and discover some things that perhaps we didn't create the proper associations or connections to. But I've done a, a lot of the work. So yeah. I went deep into the work. And but I say deep, I mean, I, I saw it as my job that I was going to do this, you know, 12 hours plus a day. And that was all I was going to do until I got to a place where I felt that I could serve others. And it took me two years. Not everyone needs two years worth of work with that amount of time. You know, I, I had done so many idiotic and stupid and made so many mistakes that I had to go back and reconcile and, and rethink and have a new perspective on those events and understand and, and have grace for myself and have love for myself and go through this whole learning to build a relationship with myself that I'd never done during that period of time. So, you know, I had a lot of mud in my, my vessel. I had so much mud in my vessel. I couldn't walk outside without attracting darkness. 
Wow. When I realized that, like I'd go to Runyon Canyon, the local hiking trail, and literally people would like come up to confront me about stuff, random people I'd never met before, not because they knew who I was, but because there was something inside of me that was so dark that it was calling people that also had darkness, you know, close to me. And so when I saw that pattern, I said, I got to go back to work. And I'd go out and I'd, I'd see where I was and I'd see that I was attracting dark and I'd go back to work and I'd go back to work until the point where I got the vast majority of the mud out of my vessel and then I could fill it with light. And now the process is expanding the vessel and removing the mud as it surfaces and as it, you know, accumulates because we're always adding mud to the vessel just by way of the human experience. So that was the approach that I used. That was the journey, but it was a lot of turmoil, a lot of grief, a lot of pain, a lot of agony. I was blessed and I do believe in a God and I was blessed that, you know, God had put me in a position where I could spend two years of my life doing the work that I had neglected in my whole life. I had basically buried deep the trauma, the violence, and the anger that I'd been exposed to. And when that trauma, anger, and violence, you know, started rising, I channeled it into, you know, buying the next plane and the next car and the next trophy house and the next trophy vacation and all of those things. I never cleared out all that mud. And when my mother passed away, I believe she was an angel right beside me just saying, let's get this boy healed. It's, you know, she had had a pretty difficult passing over a period of seven years. And so I think that, you know, as she passed away, it was time for me to do my healing. Yeah, I was so sorry to hear about your mom. I'd, I'd followed that journey with you. And I, I remember when that happened. And I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. I know that it was a very difficult thing. I can imagine it's a difficult thing for anybody to lose a parent. But I, I do remember how important your mom was in your life and in this process. And it wasn't an easy journey because she was ill for, for a very long time. So I have to tell you, I love my mom so much and I could tear up uh, just talking about her. She had so much love in her heart for me. I was her only son. And, you know, we had I have siblings as well, but like she just had this thing with me. I was her youngest son and her only son. And we never really got to have a working relationship because she had been traumatized and abused. She turned to alcohol. And as a result of that, there was just so much love that was not expressed mm. that that love, you know, started pouring out of me when she passed away. And then all the anger started pouring out of me. And it was like a nuclear explosion went off and I had an awakening. And so I'm, I'm no longer in, in regret. On the anniversary of my mother's passing, it's one of the best days of my life because it's one of the days that I can connect to her the deepest because of how much meaning that day has to me. But that's a product of the healing that I've gone through. And I share that with you because I know that there are people listening in that are going through a grief journey. And I can tell you on the other side of it, once you've done these practices, you know, the grief just becomes so much different. You know, yes, I still have so much love. I could be called to tears when I talk about her, but it's tears of joy and, and tears of kindness and just tears of, of grace as opposed to tears of sadness and regret. Yeah. And I think that's a, a true showing of your level of dedication to this work because there's so many, so many people out there who have strained, I wouldn't even say strained relationship with their parents, but they have that unexpressed love of a past or especially that generation, right? We come from that same generation of parents that didn't really know how to parent themselves or they didn't know how to parent. And so here are these people, they grow in a generation where expressing their true feelings is kind of frowned upon, especially in our society, right? That specific age where people aren't talking about their emotional well-being, they're not talking about how they regret something or apologize, especially a parent apologizing to a child. That's like, just, you don't do that, right? That's just, I'm the parent, right? So I'm curious for you how this affected your level of grace to yourself during this period. Was it difficult for you? Was it easy for you to exercise that grace for yourself to process all of these emotions? At first it wasn't because I had acted out publicly. I had I was mad. I was angry at the world. I was posting stupid stuff on social media. And so I had attracted a whole lot of, of people that piled on and they wanted to see me crash and they wanted to see me fail. And 
many people tried to do their best to, you know, push me off the edge. Looked like this guy's about to jump. And there was a lot of people out there that said, this would be an interesting thing to witness. Let's pile on. And I needed that. My soul needed that. So this is not me complaining about it because that then forced me into a place of isolation because I knew that there was a lot of people that had negative opinions about me. I went through a custody battle. During that custody battle, she filed a restraining order against me and actually lied in the restraining order and said that I was an abusive person. So I had to now defend my name in court. I had a neighbor file a restraining order against me whom I never met. I had another neighbor sue me for a real estate transaction that came out of nowhere. And I was facing about a billion dollars of lawsuits as a result of you know my work for the very large company that I had built and sold. And so I was just, you know, and, and I had no choice but to turn to our creator and turn inward because the external world had fallen completely apart. And I wasn't able to see my son for six months until I went to court and I was able to get custody back of him. And so that period of time, I didn't have much grace for myself. I was, I was really mad at myself and I just approached the work. I just said, I know that if I know one thing, and that is that I'm going to transform and I'm going to add so much light to my, in my life that I will not be denied that no matter what people say about me, no matter what opinions are out there, criticism is out there, I will shine so much light that, you know, that it will nullify all the dark that's, you know, pointed at me. And it was a real spiritual warfare for a period of time. For the first six months, it was like, you know, a, a straight war every single day, seven days a week. And then things got better. I got my son back in my life. And then I had to learn how to, you know, create a new me, basically, one that was going to be more loving, more compassionate, that was going to implement self-love in my life, and one that could no longer care about the opinion of others on my journey. Not that I, I don't care completely, but I can no longer base, you know, the quality of my life based on what people think about me or what people are saying about me or what the news media is saying about me. And so I had to basically re-change everything about me in terms of what I valued, how I conducted myself, and who I was being in the world. And I did that. And so year one was, it was work and year two got better. And at the end of year two, I started altar call. And now I'm four years into the journey. And I have to tell you, it's like every day just gets better. Like there's, it's like magic. I've never had more joy, more playfulness, more fun. I'm contributing to people. I'm serving people. My relationship with my son and my son's mother is amazing. I've forgiven everybody that criticized me or, you know, or kicked me. And I'm even grateful for those kicks because I needed that. My soul needed to be, you know, forced to do the work that that was going to be required for me to become the father and the leader that I'm capable of being. So that's pretty much how the story went down. Yeah. At every age and through every stage, Care-of is here to support you on your health and wellness journey. Vitamins and supplements are not one size fits all and don't we know it. Which is why Care-of provides tailored guidance that evolves with you as your needs change. I have always wanted to find an easy way to take my supplements and have it be something where I can just open a package and take everything I need instead of having all these different random bottles everywhere, not really knowing what I needed to take and when I needed to take it. Care Of is a subscription service that ships high quality personalized vitamins and supplements, powders, conveniently to your door every month. All you have to do is take a short, in-depth quiz about your health goals and lifestyle, and you'll get personally tailored recommendations based on your answers. You can stick to what Care of recommends, or you can change up your pack at any time. I will say, with all the traveling I've been doing with my book tour, it's been so convenient to just put my Care of packs inside my travel bag and know that I'm getting all the supplements I need. If you're like me and you want a convenient way to take your supplements and get products that are actually going to benefit you, head over to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code LOVED50. You'll get 50% off of your first Care of order. Go to www.takecareof.com and enter the code LOVED50. www.takecareof.com, enter the code LOVED50. Ore is a fine jewelry brand founded by women for women. 
pieces range from classic to statement to completely original. Oriate makes the jewelry you always wanted but could never find. Let's talk about what's really good about this brand. All Oriate pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know it lasts. Oriate sells direct to you without the middleman markup, so they can offer the same quality as traditional Fifth Avenue brands at a fraction of the cost. Orate was started by two friends during brunch when one of them got a green finger from an overpriced ring, something that I've actually had happen to me. I remember wearing one of my mom's rings one time and I just loved it so much that I never took it off. I'd wash my hands, I'd sweat in it, and then one day I took it off and I had this insane green band around my finger. Anyway, they founded this company in order to shake the jewelry market up by offering modern women beautiful designs, amazing quality at affordable prices, and ethically sourced pieces that they can wear every day. By the way, now you can actually buy your Orate jewelry with Klarna. So besides transparent pricing, Orate is now teamed up with Klarna to make their items more accessible to everyone. Basically using Klarna, you can shop now and pay over time. Just one more flexible way to get what you want from Orate. And in honor of International Women's Day, Ori is holding an all-humankind sale. This event is running from March 8th through the 13th. So all new and existing customers of Ori get 20% off site-wide with no minimum spend. So for all of the Radically Loved listeners, you can get an exclusive extended access to this specific sale. Shop the sale early and throughout the whole month of March. For every purchase made during the All Humankind sale event, Ori is donating 10% of the proceeds to the American Civil Liberties Union to support the fight for gender equity and equality. Also, for those of you out there looking for engagement rings, be sure to check out the Orate selection of engagement jewelry. I just helped one of my friends choose the diamond engagement ring he's going to give to one of my besties, and I can't wait to see her reaction. It has been a long time coming, and he definitely made the right choice by going to Orate. So head over for your opportunity to experience the special extended access to the All Humankind sale. Go to www.oratenewyork.com forward slash loved. That's www.auratenewyork.com forward slash loved. And you'll get 20% off site-wide with no minimum spend for new and returning customers. Anybody else get really into biohacking the last handful of years? I know I have. I've been doing so much research on how to have my body recover quicker, perform better, get the most optimum rest that I can get. And seriously, the best and most helpful thing that I learned about was how mitochondria works. So I've talked about true niogen on the podcast before, and true niogen is main component is this essential molecule called NAD+, which is a molecule that needs to be maintained in order for cells to perform their normal functions, which include creating ATP for cellular energy. This is repairing your cells and supporting healthy mitochondria, which is essential for your body's recovery, your ability to perform at your optimum level. Over six human clinical trials have demonstrated that daily supplementation with NR, known as niogen, can safely and effectively elevate your NAD plus levels, giving each one of your hardworking cells exactly what it needs to perform at its best. Since taking Trinogen, I feel at peace knowing that it is researched by the top scientific institutions in the world. Right now, new customers can save 20% on their first purchase by going to trueniogen.com forward slash loved and use the code loved. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N dot com forward slash loved and use the promo code love to save 20% off of your first purchase. TrueNiogen.com forward slash loved. Use promo code loved. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether it's saving more and spending less, Getting organized or losing weight? There's a lot of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year. At the top of my list is learning a new language with Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Even though I already speak Spanish, it's always nice to be learning how to have better conversations. 
Sure, I can practice with my family, but let's be honest, most of the time, I'm just listening. I'm also diving deeper into learning a little bit more Italian, so I can actually have a conversation instead of just saying, Ciao, Bella. Not only is learning a new language a fun and engaging new hobby, you can use it while you check off traveling more from your list. The whole Babbel process is addictively fun, fast, and easy. Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons for real-world use. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. And I didn't know this, but other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. But Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code LOVED. Go to babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Use the promo code LOVED. Babbel, language for life. There's so much in there that is like so intense. You you think about it and as we're listening or, or watching this, how can one person deal with so much? I remember, you know, Tori went through, even just going through lawsuits, right? Like sometimes if you've never been through a lawsuit, you have, it is the most intense anxiety, overwhelming feeling to have a legal battle go on. And I'm not talking about just like a custody battle. That on itself is really difficult. You're getting sued. Like I've experienced this on in proximity with, my partner. And it was years of this draining, like dark energy. That's just like getting siphoned out through your subconscious. You don't even realize it. I'm actually, I want to dig in a little bit deeper into, you know, what you said earlier about how you would go out of your house and you'd get confronted, you know, when you are doing this type of work, I really do believe like attracts like, right? So especially if you're in in yoga, the sister science of yoga is Ayurveda, right? In Ayurveda, the methodology, the belief system is that you, if you're out of balance, you're always going to crave more of the imbalance. It's nature, right? You're out of balance. So you're going to, of course, continue to create more of that imbalance. But when you start to bring the unconscious conscious, right? That is the work of all of these practices, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, breath work. You're bringing the unconscious conscious. There is work that needs to be done, right? There is processing that needs to happen. There's self-inquiry. There is there is a somatic experience that needs to happen. You need to actually face these quote unquote demons head on, so to speak. But I'm curious, as you said that, I know that this is a common thing that happens to people. Like, when you are doing, again, you know, without, it's not so, I want to say dualistic, the light and dark, right? It's about being in a non-dual existence, right? But if we're looking at this situation from a dualistic perspective as good or bad or light and dark, what do you do if you're in a situation where let's say you've had a spiritual awakening and you are wanting to do more of this light work, you're wanting to work on yourself, you're looking and all those dark crevices where your tendencies tend to hide, if you don't have a good support system, if you don't have the people around you that are going to help that, what do you do to sort of siphon those people away or to get more support? What does somebody in a situation like that do? You know, I, I had to do it alone. And it was difficult. Awakening is a very messy thing and transformation is very messy. It's extremely messy. And so for those of you going through that right now, just know that I've been through that. Rosie's been through that. This is how the process goes and you're right where you need to be. One of the principles that came to me during that time is, you know, I'm not always where I want to be, but I'm always where I need to be. Another principle that came to me is the further I go, the further I see, meaning the more that I do the work, the more that I'm going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. The part of the reason why I created the community that I did was because I wanted to create a home for people as they were going through these life changes, because I I didn't have any friends that were on the path at that time or, you know, I'd, I'd gone through an awakening. 
And so as a result of that, I was like, wow, this is pretty lonely. And it can be for those people that, you know, had a friend group that was anything but spiritual. And all of a sudden they've been spiritually initiated and now their friend group no longer is connected to them and perhaps even might turn against them. And just know that that's part of the process that these friends are supposed to turn against you. So that way you will turn inward. And it's not that they're bad. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. So that way you do exactly what you're supposed to do, mm. which is turn inward. And so I now can see the pattern that played out in my own awakening and transformational journey. And I've now helped many other people through that particular pattern. So knowing that, you know, there are some principles that you can utilize to get through these times, knowing that it's messy, knowing that, you know, there's, there's a real beautiful gift at the other end of this process. But, you know, transformation takes time and you will grow as fast as you are capable of growing and you can accelerate your growth by accelerating your capacity for growth. And so by doubling down on the practices of breath work and meditation and yoga, by getting out into nature, by, you know, if you don't have the monetary means to go to a retreat or an event, just get in the car and drive out to the middle of the woods and, you know, pack a bag and go out all day long and come back at the end. But you have to get yourself out of the environment that you're in and you have to start connecting to nature, connecting to yourself, connecting to spirit, connecting to the cosmos, whatever you can connect to, because your old way of life, you are now disconnected from. So you have to create a new way of life. That's what I did. I was blessed to have a few spiritual mentors in my life that I that were there prior to my awakening that I believe were part of the seeding process. And one of them in particular, I was able to call upon a couple of times and he took me through some prayer process and some initiation that did help me. I did have a few people that, that gave me a little bit of energy during the time. And that's why I'm on this podcast. I know, Rosie, that's why you do this podcast is you know, we are those people to give you some energy you know, during your, you know, your, your transformational journey, especially when you're early on in that journey. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I, I love that you're saying that, especially when it comes to being able to have access to these types of practices, right? I mean, this podcast is a free podcast. I know you've done so many interviews and, and you're really, you're working on putting a lot of content out there that is free. And so I always like to also ask the question of, accessibility, right? Like you didn't start here. You know what it's like to have to come from nothing and have to start from literally the bottom. I know what it's like to have to start from that spot too. And I often think that there's this misconception out there that people think that doing spiritual work is only for the privileged or doing this type of internal inquiry is is for people that have the luxury of time to do. And I personally don't believe that that's the case. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It's actually easier if you don't have all these things to do a, a, a spiritual inquiry. You're more humble. So spiritual inquiry is about getting to a place of humility. And so for those of us that you know had some means and some resources, I had to strip down much further, you know, because yeah. there was a lot of, of status seeking and attachments and materialism and grandiosity and egotism and uh, indulgence that I had to strip down to get to a spiritual place. So if you don't have means, like that's actually a blessing because that means that you can get, you know, straight to the core of where you are. Know that your outside is going to be a reflection of your inside. And so if you do the deep work on the inside, your outside will change. So your outside is an expression of, of, you know, what's happening on the inside. And that might be the resources that you're able to accompany because of the resourcefulness that you have within you. And so there's plenty of ways that you can do the deep work inside to actually change the nature of your outside. I've helped countless people go from being absolutely poor. There's a number of my students that were, you know, broke that I helped learn this inside work, helped them become entrepreneurs. And now they're thriving as entrepreneurs. So you can do it. In fact, I tell people that are currently entrepreneurs and are not thriving that they don't need to buy another course on funnels or another mastermind on this, that, and the other. They need to go deep inward and ask themselves, why haven't they found the self-confidence, the ambition and dedication or desire to create the skills necessary for them to have the existence that they're seeking to have? Because entrepreneurship is simply a skill. It's just a series of skills that one has to learn. 
And all of us as humans are capable of learning skills, regardless of the age that you're at. I don't care if you're my age, 44, you can learn new skills, 54, as long as you're alive, you can learn new skills. Entrepreneurship is just simply skills. So if you're seeking to go and, and to expand your impact, expand the resources that you're able to make your impact with and create a lifestyle that you're able to fill yourself energetically so that you can give more energetically and it does require some resources to do that, then, you know, learning the sport and the skills of entrepreneurship are essential to that, in my opinion. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And one of the things that I always love to invite people and remind them is that that expansion can always begin in your home first, right? With your family, with your loved ones. And saying that, I'm curious to ask you how your son has autism. You've been very open about speaking about that. I'm curious for you how this spiritual awakening has impacted your fathering. How has this impacted you being a father to your son? So I'll tell you a story that I don't tell often because people think I'm crazy, but I think that you might. Uh, this is the perfect spot. Yeah, so I think I'm in the right spot for you and your, your our, our audience here. When I was going through my dark night, my mom had just passed away. I was like dedicated to, you know, spirituality. I mean, I was taking salt baths with dead sea salt, you know, five hours a day in there, 10 hours a day. And, you know, doing <laughs> the whole this. thing, not the whole, the whole thing, thing. Yeah. Like, like totally immersed in this thing. Like if you came into my house, you'd be like, there's something crazy going on in this place. Cause you know, the bathtub would flood over cause I'd lose <laughs> track of it. You know, all kinds <laughs> of crazy things are happening. This was right when my mother had passed away. My son came over and we would, he was younger at the time and we'd take these baths together and I took him in the bath and I started, you know, sharing with him about, you know, our family's faith. And I asked him if you'd like to be baptized. And he said, yes. I said, I'll baptize you. I took him through a spiritual initiation and he came out of the bathwater. I saw his eyes change. And I can tell you, he no longer has autism. He's now a perfectly functioning child. A spiritual force entered him and cleared him out. And he no longer suffers from autism whatsoever. I get the chills just saying this to you. I was so dedicated to the love that I had for him and the light that I was attempting to pull in and my mother and the channel that was open as a result of her transformation that I believe that my son's autism was cured as a result of that. And he no longer suffers from it whatsoever. So this, this spiritual thing really does work. And I witnessed an absolute miracle happen right before my eyes and my life has never been the same since. And I've since taken others through a similar initiation that have had hearing related issues and that have had uh, different addictions and different challenges. And I've witnessed those individuals change too. So I, I know that there is a spiritual force at work that we cannot see that is available to us if we learn how to tap into that, that can heal us. Yeah, I, I'm a thousand. I'm I'm a miracle belief person. I mean, I've yeah. seen some really crazy things happen, things that would be near impossible, you know, people healing, people conceiving, you know, just like some wild, wild things that there's really no no explanation for. And I feel like a lot of the times, look, I, I think that there's a balance, right? Some people could be absolutely skeptical and they might hear conversations about miracles happening and might roll their eyes. They might be, you know, apprehensive or or what have you. And, and that's totally fine too. I just feel like there's no possible way for us to know everything, to be able to see everything. I think it's just I sit sometimes out in our backyard and we've got this beautiful backyard and we've got like a pool and a hot tub and we'll sit in the hot tub sometimes and I'll look up at the sky and think, we're made of all that same stuff. Like this planet is floating in the middle of nowhere and we're on this axis that's just spinning in circles. Like there's so much magic all around us, so much love, so much of this God force, right? And I'm a, I'm a believer too. I mean, I, I believe in God, you know, for, for people listening, I always say whatever higher power you believe in. But I, I believe that the minute that you cut yourself off of what is possible, I think that's where that darkness comes in, 
right? I believe in almost everything. Like I, I choose to believe first and then, you know, be proven wrong in my belief or, or, you know, or change my belief rather than not believe and have to be, you know, proven right. So I, I have an open mindset as opposed to a closed mindset when it comes to, you know, I've got crystals. I've got candles burning at all times. <laughs> I've got sage. I've got incense. I've got sound bowls. I've got, uh, every instrument you can imagine this house, you know, I'm a believer. Like I believe, and I'll tell you, I'm a living product. These beliefs have aided me and, and the, you know, the world that I live in now is, is, is one that I could never have imagined. And it, it's come as a result of these beliefs. There you go. You're saying, I should have, this is my, yeah, my Palo Santo is the same thing. Oh, yeah. oh, that's so good. I usually uh, do this in the beginning. I do this in the beginning and I realized we just started talking right away and yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't do this for us. I wish I, I, I don't have my lighter next to me, but I did bring <laughs> mine with me. <laughs> no, I, I think that's so great. And part of what I think, and again, I don't, we'll like jump into a whole different conversation, but I feel like that is one of the biggest ailments that we have in our society today with cancel culture, with the political divisiveness, everything that's going on right now, we've really lost sight of that union, the the commonness, the, the ability to be open-minded, to really accept each other as we are. I mean, for me, when I think about radical love and really loving the other, right? My counterpart, loving you, loving my partner, loving people is my ability to fully accept you as you are and cultivate that deep level of connection, not just the conditional type of love where it's like, I will love you if you believe what I believe. It's like, or I will love you only if you do this or only if you do that. I feel like that is that part that is limiting. You're creating that limitation, the sort of trying to fill everything in one cup where love is this geyser of water that can go as expansive and it can go everywhere. And it is a conduit of, of energy that cannot and should not be contained. And I feel like it's in the containing of that love that causes us to have conflict with each other, that causes us to have fear and to be in the state of always needing to be right. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And in the traditions that you and I have been a part of, there's a whole lot of, of de- separatism and divisiveness. And, you know, you, there's only one path and only one way. And I can tell you, I know many paths to the same destination, which is to that connection to God, which is love. You know, we were created in love. And the unfortunate thing is most people in our society, our soul came here for a journey and then we get stuck on that journey because we listen to the wrong advice from, from our parents that didn't know any better in my case than in yours, or we get caught in the wrong career, or we get caught, you know, we're told that, that, you know, this is the wrong way to go. And so we follow other people's advice, or we get stuck with alcohol or, or drugs or any of the other vices. And we just basically don't go far along on our journey. We start here and we stay right here. When, when we start our journey, we start our journey at the furthest point to where we want to go. And so we didn't come here for a small journey where we're just going to stick around the same people, the same place and learn the same stuff over and over and repeat the same lessons. We came here for a journey with many lessons and a, a long journey for us to travel. And as a result of that, you know, we're going to learn so much and we're going to elevate and advance our soul in the process. But most people just, they get stuck on their journey. Yeah. Love is, love is one of the things that I have to tell you that that I have, we all have innately within us. We just have to remove all of the things that block us from it. It's the energy that I have, I have made the determination that I'm going to learn to understand and express it in many different facets. I have pure, unconditional love for my dog. Most of us who have dogs do, and I have a parrot as well. I love my parrot. My son, of course, that's, you know, it goes without saying. And then now we have to find ways that we can express a similar, pure, unconditional love toward our neighbors or towards people that don't have the same beliefs as us or to people that are doing things that are harming themselves or harming others. You know, really for us to embody, I, I came from a Christian tradition, 
for us to embody, you know, our hero in that tradition is to love everyone the same way God loves everyone. And that means that you're not looking at them and labeling them and judging them and, and conditionally loving them or conditionally being compassionate toward them. You're unconditionally loving them and unconditionally compassionate toward them. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I want to be respectful of your time. And I do have one more question. And in a way, you're already answering it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. But before I do that, where can people go to connect with you or for more information? You can go to altercall.com. That's my new startup, A-L-T-E-R-C-A-L-L.com. Or you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Real Ryan Blair on Instagram. We'll add all of those links in the show notes. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be down below in the description. If you're listening to this wherever you get your podcasts, just hit the info button and all of those links will be there. Be sure to connect with Ryan there and check out Alter Call. So the final question has to do with why I created this podcast, which you know, I wanted a place where people can go to to feel supported, to get inspired, or to just know that they're not alone the whole idea behind radical love or radically loved is that we are all radically loved by God, source, whatever higher power you believe in, that the universe works for us and not against us. So the final question to you, Ryan, is how do you feel radically loved? Mm. You know, I'm in the, the state these days where every breath that I breathe, every view that I'm able to look into, every interaction that I have with people, even, even the challenging times, I, I see it as an expression of love. I think when you really connect to the creator and you see the divinity in, in this creation that we're, we're all a party to and realize that everything is done with intention and that, that God is the most efficient force that has ever been conceived and that we can't even conceive the efficiency of this force. And this force conceived us in love. And so we should realize that we were made with love and we should be in love with ourselves and with everything around us all day long. So to answer your question directly, I feel radically loved by God. And I just try to do my best to try to be a conduit for that, that love that I feel. What an incredible answer. I always love hearing people answer this. And I, I really felt that it really takes me into a, a deep state of connection. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast. And I feel like we don't ask each other this question enough. So thank you so much, Ryan. Ryan Blair, everybody. I mean, now you know why I've talked about him in the past and and why I love you so much. I love everything that you do. And you really have such an inspiring journey. And somebody like me can look at you and see, wow, this this person is making it through and they're really just doing the work. So I, I appreciate you and I appreciate your support for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for creating a space where we can all learn to love ourselves more and love each other more. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And your energy is just amazing. You exude and embody love. So I, I thank you and I praise you for the work that you're doing on the planet. And thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.